Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, 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 what's going on, Fantasy Football family? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 30. I am one of the hosts of the show, Eugene. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans, that's G E N E S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And as always, I am joined with, the, with my other host of the show, Ike. How you doing? How you feeling today? Good, good, man. Good. Um, are you ready to establish it? because <laughs> we are because we are about to establish it with this division bro like there is a lot of uh establishing going on uh, a lot of a lot of uh, very putrid kind of offenses so uh but hey we're excited to dive in this is what we do man we like to we like to talk fantasy you know a lot, there's a lot of players a lot of fantasy relevant players that we want to discuss um but before we get to that i mean last night we had we had the dallas mavericks make a a nice trade uh, yeah, for Christian yeah. Wood. Gave away yeah. some uh, Sour Patch Kids and a couple of, uh, <laughs> couple of half-eaten bag of pretzels. Yep. So, you know they're making they're making moves. So it look, looks like they are. Um, they're they're trying to they're trying to make keep Luca happy for, for this. I guess four-year period that he signed signed through. So, but uh, you know, so we'll see, man. Like I, I do like the move, young center. We'll probably have to pay him next summer. But um, but yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I like the move. You know, you you get a center that can you can move, he can score, he can he can hold his own defensively. He's not really much of anything, but uh, I like the the threat that he gives on the offensive end for sure. So you don't get to play five on four when Powell's on the court. So oh, I do yeah. I do like that. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully we move him by the end of the summer as well. But that's another yeah. story for another day. But let's yeah, go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and dive into some of these uh, some of these AFC South teams. Yeah, uh, man. I'll, go ahead, start I'll, off. I'll go ahead and get it cracking with the with the Houston Texans. Um, they were the second worst team in the division, surprisingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know the you know Pro Football Focus ranked ranked their offense um, as thirtieth um, in the in the NFL. Um, a couple of moves that they went. That they had this offseason, they traded Deshaun Watson for a lot of picks and assets, including three first round picks. Um, so, you know, they they definitely got a nice haul in return. They probably should have traded them earlier. We definitely talked about that before in, in the previous podcast. Uh, they drafted John Mechie in round two. They drafted Damian Pierce in round four. And they also have a new coach, Levy Smith. He was on the staff last year and he was he was he was promoted. Um, a lot of people were kind of confused as to why they fired David Cully because you know he he won four games and they were they were surprisingly competitive because they were even though they were actively tanking they were surprisingly competitive but um, but you know they have a new coach new outlook um, and you know hopefully we'll you know we'll see if they, if they, if this team can take a take a step and you know take a step in the right direction post uh, Deshaun Watson. 
But the biggest question we want to ask as it pertains to this offense is we, we know we know Brandon Cooks is awesome and he continues to overperform uh, despite the tough circumstances. But the biggest question is, do you want anybody from this offense outside of Brandon Cooks? Long answer, no. Short answer, no. There's there's nothing there's nothing out here. There's nothing here. No, nothing appealing about them. <laughs> no, there's nothing appealing about drafting any of these players. Um, I know uh, Damian Pierce is the what the next highest drafted player on their team. I mean, that's a rookie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to draft him unless I know he's going to be starting. And he got something called Marlon Mack that's going to probably going to be starting because the times that he was playing. He didn't look bad at all. Just the Colts were just like, man, f this guy. We don't want to play him no more. So, yeah, uh, because they got JT, they they got their mind right about that. But um, Rex Barkhead, no. Um, Nico Collins, I mean, you can pick him up for free. Like, I yeah, just there's nothing. There's nothing I want. John Mitchie, no, no. I'm I'm good. Cooks and that's it. Yeah, most of these guys are not fantasy relevant uh, whatsoever. But, fan, but you know, Rex Burkhead, towards the end of the season, won a people a lot of money as it pertains to DraftKings and a lot of these, yeah. these large field tournaments with that performance against the Chargers where he had over 120-plus 100, yards and multiple touchdowns. And But, you know, who who hasn't who, – who, who, who wasn't able to run over the Chargers last year because their, yeah. their run defense was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And Rex Burkhead, of all people, you know, to kind of turn back the clock, Plano, Texas finest. Uh, yep. For those of you, for those of you that are hip to that, Plano Texas finest, uh, Rex Burkhead. So you know that's you know he had a couple of fantasy relevant games, but ultimately, uh, again, like to your point, I don't really foresee um, foresee us you know really pr- prioritizing or maybe drafting any of these guys. Potentially though, Marlon Mack at the end of the you know at the start of the fifteenth round, uh, that's that's not a terrible that's not a terrible price for him. Uh, given the fact that you know he's another year removed off of the Achilles injury, we see a lot of these running backs, a lot of these players coming coming back um, from Achilles injuries. You know, we saw Deontay Foreman have a couple of good games for Tennessee last year. Obviously, Camp Akers came back and you know towards Achilles in July was already was was playing again in December or in January. wasn't that effective, but he, the fact that he was still able to come back was remarkable in and of itself. And so you know, Marlon Mack. He could be looking to challenge for that starting role, start starting running back role uh, in a crowded backfield and in an ambiguous backfield. And as we've heard from you know JJ Zacharyson, you know take you know what, uh, when it comes to ambiguous backfields, take the cheapest guy, take the cheapest yep. guy, um, and you know and, and 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 hopefully you know he'll pay dividends for you because that's that's usually how a lot of these things end up playing out. Uh, a couple of key players. We can go ahead and get started with some of the key players for the Texans. Uh, Davis Mills is the quarterback, currently going off the board at QB 28. That's basically free. Um, <laughs> by a lot of people's, by, by many people's standards, you know, some some can say that he was maybe the one of the best rookie quarterbacks <laughs> last year com- yeah. <laughs> compared to Justin Fields, compared to Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, yeah. Mac Jones will we'll take that. We'll, we'll definitely, he, he, he was the best, but if you look for if you look for the second best guy, I mean, it was probably Davis Mills, especially especially how he played down the stretch the last you know five weeks of the season, weeks fourteen to eighteen. I mean, he averaged eighteen fantasy points a game, you know, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, just over two hundred fifty yards passing per game. Um, you know, he started he started twelve games, and in each of those, 
he, he was able to elevate you know the top pass catchers like Brandon Cooks. He had, you know added an extra point po- uh, points per game average to his. Uh, Nico Collins, who he went from averaging six fantasy points to eight point one nine fantasy points. Brevin Jordan, the tight end, uh, the young tight end out of Miami, went from averaging seven fantasy points to nine point three fantasy points. And this is all with Davis Mills under center. So um, he he did some did some good things, but by a lot of uh, metrics, according to PFF, uh, he wasn't that efficient uh, doing it um, for the you know you know by and large for the you know for most of the season. But um, we're not really prioritizing Davis Mills um, in any in any drafts. He'll definitely be a you know a waiver wire a potential waiver wire pickup. Should he start having some some decent weeks, you know, coming out of the gate? So, uh, any thoughts on Davis Mills? I mean, we we don't really <laughs> we don't really have much uh, prior, prior prioritization for him. No, um, he played like you said. He played good down the stretch. He was really good at home. Not really good at, at on the road, so hopefully he cleans that up. But overall, I'm not in our redraft leagues. Uh, I'm not advising the listeners to to look his way at all, unless they need, unless they're desperate for a filling and there's no really nobody else. So basically, yeah. Um, and then as it pertains to the running back room, we did just kind of touch on them a little bit. Burkhead, Marlon Mack, but Damian Pierce, he's he's currently the most expensive running back. Out of this backfield, going as the RB forty eight, and that's basically the middle of the eleventh round. What are your thoughts on Damian Pierce? I know you watched him a lot at Florida since you're a Gator fan. Uh, what do you think about his prospects about potentially taking over the Texans' uh, backfield uh, at some point during the season? Uh, you know, Damian, he was he was decent. I mean, he could do a little bit of everything. He could he could catch, he could run, he, he could break tackles, uh, evade tacklers. Like he, he could do a little bit of everything. Just you know. The, the mess that they, he was dealing with last year, he, pretty much his whole career, he never really established himself as the lead back. He was always in a committee, so uh, not m- much tread on his tires. But, again, I mean, he's a, a rookie fourth-round pick. Uh, he could be replaced at any moment. They did pay Marlon Mack. So, um, I mean, his, his, his ADP right now is a little rich for my blood overall. But, I mean, he's not, he's not a bad running back. It's just – I would wait. I would wait till later to to be looking his way. I wouldn't be looking at him at the eleventh round. But it's not a bad dart for sure. But I would just wait a little bit later, especially when you have Marlon Mack going later than him. He's cheaper and he's going to be the starter. He's a veteran, so yeah, that, that you know him going before Marlon Mack doesn't make a ton of sense to me. He's he's currently going around the range of you know Ronald Jones, Rashad White from Tampa Bay. Alexander Madison, Darrell Henderson, Raheem Mostert, Naheem Hines, J.D. McKissick. Um, so I, I I wouldn't take Pierce over any of those guys because a lot of those guys have some sort of um, – they, they've established something in the league outside of Rashad White being a rookie and all. But, um, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take Damian Pierce over any of those guys. But just moving on to the uh, wide receiver room. Basically consists of Brandon Cooks and a bunch of uh, nobodies for the most part, <laughs> or um, well, I wouldn't say nobodies, unproven guys for the most part. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Cooks currently going off the board as a as the wide receiver twenty three, so that's basically the start of the sixth round. He's finished as a top twenty wide receiver in back to back seasons, despite you know uh, less than stellar circumstances around him. Him being the only viable pass catcher, him being subjected to potential double coverage and, and bracket and bracket coverage. He's still producing. You know, he, when Davis Mills started, we talked about, you know, talked about Davis Mills elevating some of the pass catchers earlier uh, just a little bit. 
averaged 15 and a half points you know, with Davis Mills as a starter. That would have ranked 13th amongst uh, all wide receivers last year. So he would have, he was a borderline wide receiver one. So if he continues to keep kind of keep that pace going, especially averaging around 10 targets a game, 9.6 targets per game to be exact. Um, that's on par with like Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs last year. So he was getting, he was getting targeted like an alpha, had a 27%, basically a 27% target share. It was 10th in the league, 7th in air yard share, uh, 12th in total targets. So, um, you know, you know, Brandon Cooks is, is a, is still a value for some reason, just, you know, till the end of time, 2000, 2038, Brandon Cooks will still be underrated in fantasy drafts <laughs> going in the middle of the seventh <laughs> round. <laughs> and he'll continue to churn out top 20, top 15 seasons yeah. <laughs> as long as he's around in the NFL. It's just, it just, it's just mind boggling. You know, he's been in the, he's been in the league for eight years. It doesn't seem like it, but he has six, 1,000 yard receive, receiving seasons in, in the in the eight years. So no matter who he plays with, he just produces, and he's get he he has this you know this uh this this injury prone label. I know he's had concussions, but he hasn't missed he hasn't missed a ton of games. The only the only season that he really had a the only couple of seasons that he had was his rookie year, which is you know obvious. You know a lot of you know NFL wide receivers have a little bit of uh, time to need need a little time to adjust. And then he had the 2019 year where he where he missed a couple of games uh, with the Rams with those concussions. And so outside of that, he's just produced everywhere. So I I, I definitely see myself having a lot of exposure uh, to Brandon Cooks this uh, this fall in drafts. Yeah, I mean I want Brandon Cooks too, man. I mean it's, that's pretty cheap for a, a, a true wide receiver one on his team, borderline wide receiver two overall in fantasy. So. At wide receiver twenty three to start a sixth round, yeah, sign me up for that for sure. So, yeah, and uh, basically, basically, just to kind of round up the pass catchers, um, Nico Collins. I'm a, I'm a Nico Collins guy. I like Nico Collins. You know, ninety fifth percentile catch radius, ninetieth percentile speed score. And a guy like that, that, you know, he's getting on the field. I saw some I saw some videos yesterday. He was catching a fade in the in the in the end zone. That connection him and Davis Mills just it, it might be an underrated connection this year. Who knows? But uh, when all <laughs> but it, but in all seriousness, I do like Nico Collins, but he's wide receiver ninety four. Don't really need to target him on in your in your fantasy leagues un- unless he you know he starts going off a couple of weeks. Hopefully, you know we we'll see the we'll see the snap share. We'll see the we'll see the target share to see if it's anything sustainable to where we can potential potentially look at you know adding him in, in waiver wires in subsequent weeks. And then John Mechie. Wide receiver 80s going for free. Second round pick out of Alabama. Uh, the Alabama, you know, he 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 got drafted because of the Alabama tax, the yep. Alabama helmet sticker tax, as we yep. like to call it. So I I don't know. We don't I don't know what to expect. I don't know where he's gonna play, if he's gonna play in the slot, if he's gonna play on the outside. That's a lot of um we, we we're we're not entirely sure. Um, you know, given where Brandon Cooks plays, I think they're gonna be moving Brandon Cooks a lot. Brandon Cooks around a lot since he's the number one guy. Uh, and then Nico Collins will be on the outside, so maybe he plays the slot, but that thing you know, that remains to be seen. And then Brevin Jordan, another you know another free pass catcher for this team, should not really be targeted um, in your uh, in your fantasy drafts. But that uh, that's basically it for the Texans. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> on to the next bad, on to the next bad team in this division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> uh, PF, PFF grade for their offense was twenty eighth. 
you know, they had the Urban Meyer experience and you saw how that went. It was downhill pretty much from the start. Um, luckily, they were able to, to get an offseason where they made some strides to improve their team. You know, they made the move of, you know, getting a brand new head coach, Doug, Doug Peterson. Uh, we've seen the, the success that he had with the Eagles. Um, he also brings one of our favorite OCs, Jim Bob Cooter, you know, get the, the passing game right. So we expect we expect more more throwing from from this offense for sure. Uh, they signed Christian. Christian, let me reset the market. Kirk again um, oh with uh, the four for 84 deal. And then they also bring in Zay Jones on a on a three year deal. So, you know, they made some moves to to improve the offense, you know, by overpaying wide receivers. But. That's what you do when you have money, a lot of money in, in free agency. You 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 tend to uh, to spend that money and, and overpay. So, you know, our first question for this offense or for this team is, uh, how can Trevor Lawrence improve in, in in year two after a terrible rookie season? Uh, I think the, the 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 one thing that a lot of people aren't really paying too much attention to is the fact that he didn't run that much last year. And I think if I think he can he he, he can stand to benefit. Uh, to run a little bit more, the, you know, the offense can call a lot more design runs for him because at Clemson, I mean, he was actually, you know, running, 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 running the ball. Uh, if you if you were if you recall that one game where he played against Ohio State, he had that like seventy plus yard touchdown run in the playoff game. So I mean that that's the, those that's the type of thing that Trevor Lawrence is 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 capable of, right? I mean, but, and we just didn't see enough of that uh, last year. You know, instead, <laughs> instead we saw him just have the seventh most pass attempts in the league as a rookie. Uh, and then and with that, number one, you know, number one, interceptable passes, number two, in pressure throws, number three, in danger plays. Um, and also, you know, they they have the second to worst uh, game script. Um, you know, they were 31st in game script. So that bas- that basically means they're always trailing. They're always, you know, trailing behind by at least seven points. So, you know, forcing the team to throw. And if you're forced to throw as a rookie quarterback with a less than stellar offensive line, it's going to spell, you know, it's going to spell disaster, right? It's going to spell disaster for, uh, for, for a rookie. And, you know, the, the, the weapons weren't really on par. I mean, I think at one point his number one receiver was freaking Jamal Agnew, who was a converted cornerback, converted, <laughs> converted special team or a cornerback. And that, that, you know, that really made no sense to me how they kept using him. You know, Marvin Jones, he was, you know, he was the, t- the top target, had a over 100 and I think a whole, over 110 targets. But he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't that great with, uh, with you know, with those, with those targets. He was only like the wide receiver, forty-four in points per game. So if you know, if, if you take that, and plus, you know, Travis Etienne hopefully should be healthy. That's his boy from from Clemson, who's who's expected to be used a lot more in the passing game to kind of help Trevor, Trevor Lawrence out a little bit more. So a couple of those things, you know, just it can't be any worse than what <laughs> than what he put on film last year right because that was pretty pretty brutal right pretty brutal so anything he does this year you know if we just close if we just close our eyes and just fast forward to December 31st and at the end of the season we'll have we'll, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence's stats will be much better than what he put on tape last year in, in 2021 so uh, if he runs a little bit more you know you know kind of creates and kind of creates a uh, you know konami code uh, type you know, turns himself into a potential Konami code kind of guy. Uh, help, you know, and, and Travis Etienne helps him out a little bit, and we may see, you know, a, a lot more uh, production from uh, Trevor Lawrence a year too. Yeah, and just to you know, go back on terms of not him running that much. 
Um, which is funny because he had 73 carries last year, which was fifth most for the quarterback position, but it just didn't seem that much uh, yeah. when you go back and look at it. But, I mean, if he can get that to, you know, like 90, then, shoot, he'll be – and then, you know, you clean up the interceptions and, and you throw more touchdowns. I mean, he could be – he could potentially be borderline, you know, on the cusp with wide receiver one. Um, but just like you said, anything that he does – is gonna be is gonna be a a godsend compared to what we saw last year with the fiasco on top of like the 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 rugrats that they had running out as wide receiver and whatnot. So yeah, twelve twelve touchdowns in seventeen games is is just uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, like there's there's no way there's no way that he's gonna you know replicate that. Like he he, he yeah. might he may even double that this year. Who knows? Yeah. All right, next question. The last question for the Jags. What can we expect out of Travis Etienne? Uh, I kind of touched on it a little bit. I mean, he's going to be primarily you. I think he's going to be used a lot more in the passing game. Um, and that's what he that's what he did. That's he he did a lot of that uh, pretty well in Clemson coming coming out when it, whenever he was a rookie coming, you know, coming into uh coming into his rookie year out of in, in his draft class. He was he led he led all all of the uh you know, he he led the all the running backs. Um, in receiving yards, and if you watched him at Clemson, he was you know lined up all over the formation, not just in the backfield. He was lined up in the slot, lined up in the outside. You know they they were definitely creative with how they used him, and he was he had a lot of mismatches against linebackers, a lot of mismatches against safeties, and and he was and he was running running actual wide receiver routes there. Um, and then some of the you know some of the small videos that we've seen of him in OTAs and minicamp, you know they have him running similar routes, right? They have him running, you know, these types of, you know, these wide receiver type routes. So they, they're, they're, they're expecting big things out of Travis Etienne and, and word on the street is that he was actually healthy to end 2021. He was actually healthy the last like three or four weeks of 2021. He was actually ready to play, but they decided to shut him down, which is a very smart thing that, you know, the Jags did and you're, and the, the Jags aren't really known for making smart decisions, but that was one of the, one of the better ones that they made, uh, protecting protecting their first round running back from any further uh, damage to his uh, list, uh, his his foot, his, you know that 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 Liz Frank injury. So, I think we can we can, we can expect a lot um, out of out of Travis Etienne, and you know currently he's going off the board, and I think around RB twenty, the, the RB twenty range, RB twenty three range, and yeah. going around guys like J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, C.H., Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris. I mean, I like I actually like the prospects of of Travis Etienne over over a lot of those guys, especially um, especially from the standpoint of he may even he he may even lead Jacksonville in targets. You know, given the fact that we don't know who's going to emerge in that wide receiver core, he could be the guy that that really you know makes the offense go. And and you know, his big play potential was definitely was definitely missed last year. And we don't know what's happening with James Robinson because he tore his Achilles late in December. Yep. So we don't know if we're even going to see him play in 2022. So it, it's going to be all Travis Etienne's backfield, and they're just going to potentially give him all the work that he can handle, uh, especially in the passing game. So I, I like I like Travis Etienne a lot this year. Yeah, um, I mean, with the ambiguous wide receiver core, he could he could mess around and be he could be the top targeted player. He could be the second top top targeted player on the team. So uh, you, you're definitely onto something with him. Uh, just also we got to keep in mind with the Doug Peterson type offense, he likes utilizing multiple backs. So hopefully, I mean, if he can keep like a 60, 40, whoever else split, then 
then yeah, I, I can definitely get on board with him potentially being like a wide a running back one type of uh, player this year. But if it's getting like 50, 50 and he doesn't get too much of the, you know, third down roll, then I mean, he, he might be getting drafted at the right range, but, uh, but like some of those wide receivers, those running backs that you rounded off, I would, I mean, I would much rather have some of these guys like, uh, I rather much have much rather have somebody like ETN over like CEH. Definitely uh, CEH, especially with uh, Jerry McKinnon resigning in Kansas City. Yeah. That 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 RB24 range, I think, is probably gonna be moving down. Um, I just yeah. don't see how he returns in that kind of value. Yeah. Um just you got just, Josh you know. Jacobs in front of him. Josh Jacobs has said that he doesn't want to be used as much. Um, you got JK Dobbins who's recovering from a, a ACL and looks like he did damage some of that LCL. So uh, Harbaugh even came out and said, hopefully we have him uh, during training camp. Usually if you're not even ready for training camp, then you're definitely not ready for the season. So yeah, uh, that's shaky. You got Elijah Mitchell with, you know, how they use their backs. Maybe you might draft, you might take 18 over him. So, I mean, I think this is a good range as we get closer to the season, you're probably going to see him go up for sure. So, yeah. Definitely, I'm um, tar- definitely. I would advise targeting ETM for sure because of his versatility in this offense that could be exposed. Um, yeah. Now let's let's touch on some of these key players for the Jaguars. It's not going to be that many, but uh, <laughs> the first one is <laughs> is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we talked about at the beginning with the first question, going back, going off the board at QB nineteen. So basically, the end of the draft. So he's almost free. Uh, somebody that I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking to draft in 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 what one quarterback redraft leagues. That's somebody you can you know pick up for spot starts on people on buys or if he has a really great matchup versus the quarterback you have. If you if you like dabbling in that, um, we talked about his his very inefficient 2021 season. Um, you know, number one in intercept interceptable passes, number two in pressure throws, number three in danger plays. This is all on the cusp of like having a bad offense and a bad offensive line, but they've kind of shored things up a little bit. And hopefully, you know, some of these numbers are you know in the reverse and we get to see this offense flourish. We get to see Trevor Lawrence flourish and, and be this, you know, this ungodly quarterback that we've been prophesizing over since since he stepped on campus at Clemson. So <laughs> according, according to playerprofiler.com, his best comparable player is Peyton Manning. I mean, they called him the next. Gener- he's supposed generational to be the next talent, man. Generational yeah. prospect. Peyton Manning had threw twenty eight interceptions his rookie year. So yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? Who knows? Even Andrew Luck. Even Andrew Luck. Same thing. He threw a lot of interceptions his first year too. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you got anything else to add to uh, Mr. Lawrence? No, I mean, again, like whatever he put on tape in 2021, 2022 is just you know, again, we can just close our eyes and see that he'll be better <laughs> better than 12 touchdown passes in 17 games like especially yeah. with with all the with all the um, all the moves that they made to, to to try to shore up their pass catching weapons um you know a lot of people aren't talking about evan ingram every evan ingram could be a, a really solid signing for that team uh even though yeah. he's you know he has his lapses with drop with, with you know with dropping the ball every now and then but they paid him nine million dollars guaranteed they do plan on using him uh you know, quite a bit he still has a, a significantly athletic profile. Uh, you know, he ran a four four two coming out of Ole Miss, and so that you know that that just doesn't you know go away overnight. I mean, he's he's been in the league for a couple of years, but he still has the speed to get down the field, down the seam. Yep. 
So that can help Trevor Lawrence as well. So there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot to there's 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 some to like about um, some of Trevor Lawrence's weapons and how he can improve in 2022. So I, I think uh, I think the you know with new new coaching staff, new scheme, no no more Urban Meyer, no more goofy ass Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think he's um, I think he's in line for just. Uh, some sort of improvement <laughs> over yeah. 2021, which is what we yeah. want right now. <laughs> we do. All right. So we also got Travis Etienne. We've already touched on him. He's going pretty much the start of the fifth round. I, I like that a lot. He's probably going to be going up as we get, get closer and closer to the season for sure. He, he'll definitely be going in the fourth round, maybe even creeping into the, the, the end third. of the third. Yeah. But definitely solidified in the fourth for sure. I think we got James Robinson. He tore his eight, eight, uh, Achilles late last year. He's going off the board at RB38, which is 108 overall, which is the end of the ninth. No, no, nah, this is nah. I don't unless we know that he's about to, he's playing during the season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he's ready to go. I'm no, I'm not. I'm not even drafting James Robinson. That's somebody you got. I got to see it before I even think about touching this guy. That's that's potentially a zero on your bench, and usually in 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 redraft leagues, you're probably playing start 10, start 11. So you're this is draftable. This is somebody that's starting at the yeah. end of the ninth. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and right now, actually, on, uh, according to Underdog, uh, his ADP now is down to RB52. So that's the okay. 15th round. So okay, good. It's, start, it's starting to correct itself. Yeah, that's good. Because okay. there's, there's <laughs> literally no positive news on um, on James Robinson right now. So that yeah. that's that's pretty appropriate, and and I and I actually see that even going even even lower. He may even go undrafted uh, by the yeah, end of the summer. Yeah, probably. Uh, we got all right. So the wide receiver. So basically, Christian Kirk, their wide receiver one, and he's going wide receiver forty five, which is one thirteen overall, mid tenth round. I think this is a good spot because of how ambiguous like the whole situation is. You don't know how he's going to be used. I mean. He was primarily in the slot last year. He was 13th in slot slaps, uh, 12th in route route wins, and then he was also tied for ninth with with uh, 16 20 plus yard receptions. So, um, you know, he's a smaller wide receiver, uh, mainly in the slot. I mean, he's never never finished outside like wide receiver three for any season that he's played. So, yeah. I, I don't think we should be expecting him to be like some. You know, finish the season at like wide receiver, like fifteen or something. Unless, unless their offense is catered to him. I mean, we could be surprised, but I just don't. I don't foresee it. But yeah, I, this is the only wide receiver I'm looking at to draft. Everybody else, like Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, these these guys are free. Like you can pick them up on waiver wire. Lavishka Sanold. I mean, that, no, you're not even hearing any Such news about him. Such a yeah. disappointment, man. Yeah, man. You don't even everybody hear about was, him. Everybody was in on the LaVisca Chanel, even myself, last year, and he just yeah. completely shit the bed. He even had like over 110 combined opportunities between carries and targets and carries and catches. And he didn't he just didn't do shit with it. You yeah. know? So it's just it, it was it was very disappointing to see. So and then and then there was talk of him potentially being traded. But um, but who knows? Who knows what what will happen? You know, by by the time training camp rolls around and the beginning of the season, they may they may even they they may trade they may end up trading him before the season starts or something. Who knows? Yeah, but who knows, right now that he's returning punts, um, and that's kind of <laughs> that's probably going to be his role um, at least for right now. Sad, yeah. sad, and sad he's staying healthy. He's staying healthy on top of that. Unlike like he was in college, he was always hurt, but. 
He's no. healthy in the NFL, but he's just not being utilized. So, yeah. And then the tight ends, we got Evan Egram. You've already talked about somebody you could pick up at the end or for free. He's going tight end 23. And then you have Dan Arnold, somebody that they traded for last year, who actually looked pretty good in a couple of games he, he played before. He was out for the year, but he's also free and he's the second tight end now. So I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bother with him unless Evan Ingram gets hurt. So yeah, I, I wouldn't bother with him either. He's been on multiple teams. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think three or four teams over the last three years. So there's, I mean, there's there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason why teams keep trading him and keep you know, yeah. deciding. You know what? This guy's not good enough. Let me just let's 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 use him as a throw in to get the guy that we really want. So Basically. I I I don't really have too much confidence in Dan Arnold, but but Evan Ingram going you know he, going at the end of drafts, he might be a little he he might be intriguing. He might be intriguing yeah. because they do they did actually spend money on him, guaranteed yep. money on him. So yep, even though it's one year is nine million dollars for a tight end, that's a lot of money. So yeah. we expect him to be used, yep. um, and that's it. No, that's the Jags. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and go 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 with our next team, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Pro Football Focus has ranked their offense at 16th overall. That's the middle of the pack, despite you know Jonathan Taylor just going ape shit this year. Uh, but a couple of moves that they made, they traded Carson Wentz uh, to, to the Washington Commanders in exchange for, a th- I think, a third-round pick. And then they used one of those third-round picks to trade for Matt Ryan, uh, who, who's their new starting quarterback and is, uh, is, a, is, is, a, is an upgrade o- over, over Carson Wentz. Uh, in addition to that, they did add, draft Alec Pierce um, in the second round, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, and Jelani Woods in the third round. Athletic freak tight end. Um, you know, and Frank Reich did say, you know, some of these draft moves indicate, uh, you know, the kind of echo the sentiments of Frank Reich, who wanted, who said that they wanted to throw a little bit more this year. Um, but unfortunately, the, you know, this is the fifth straight year that the that the Colts have had a, a, a new starting quarterback. They've had a new starting quarterback for five years, so it's been it's been rough times out here without Andrew Luck. Without Andrew Luck, man, like since he retired, just kind of just. Messed up the direction of the of the franchise, so they've just kind of been scrambling since to try to find that that guy um, to you know to you know to to keep them stabilized. So, but 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 Matt Ryan is definitely an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Um, hopefully, they improve upon their their pass play rate from twenty twenty one, which was twenty seventh in the league, and hopefully they can play a little bit faster because they were dead last in situation neutral pace according to Football Outsiders. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and this is and and strangely enough, this is coming from an offense that ranked ninth in scoring, which which is which is odd to me. You know, this, you know, and, and obviously that has a lot to do with Jonathan Taylor, but you know, they played slow, they didn't pass the ball that much, um, and they were ninth in scoring. And so, uh, and they had a lot of leads last year. Surprisingly, they had a lot of leads. You know, they led by four points or more forty percent of the time, and that was fourth in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus. So there's. So you know they and they just barely missed the playoffs by you know you know that that last game of the season that embarrassing last game of the season when they lost <laughs> to the Jags <laughs> and they and and half of the half of the stadium had a whole bunch of clown masks because they hated their owner and they wanted him gone and they lost in that environment which is just truly embarrassing if, if you're a Colts fan Colts fans listening I I, I apologize um, it was just one of those it's one of those things we just kind of have to bring it up but. Hopefully, you know this year you, you have a better quarterback this year, and um, we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, but some of the big questions we want to get into right now: uh, the first, obvious, obviously has to start with Jonathan Taylor. Can he repeat as RB one this year? You know he has a, he's young, he has, he's got the legs, he's got the offensive line, but 
Uh, is it possible uh, to for him to for him to repeat his number as the RB one? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I know we haven't really seen it ever, but I mean, he 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 gets the volume. He has enough volume. He has enough opportunities where it is possible for him to you know finish as RB one again. You know, the offense is going to be focused on him. Uh, we should see the offensive line still be good. You got a, be- a, a better quarterback. The offense wants to spread it out a little bit more. It should give him more opportunities not to you know face stacked boxes uh, as much as he did last year. I know he was uh, he ran against uh, a stacked car- front carry of at least at least eight people. I think thirteen percent of the time, which was about like 26, 27th in the league, which isn't that much. But I mean, he did have. The, the highest rate in terms of stuffed runs at 19%. So if you can, if you can, you know, spread the offense out a little bit more and him having one less person in the box, that, I mean, that could go a long way. Uh, we did see him have a lot of long runs. Uh, I think he was number one in breakaway, breakaway runs, uh, evaded tackles, juke rate. So once he gets going, I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody to stop him. So, um, with that, all that mixed mixed in, I think he can. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think he, I think he has the potential too. Uh, like he said, you know, he was just insanely efficient with every, basically running the ball better than anybody has over the last several years. Number one in carries, red zone touches, rushing yards, and touchdowns, even yards created, um, and he even caught forty passes um, at nine yards per reception, which was ninth in the league. So. Um, and he he was starting to run more routes towards the end of the year, taking some of that away from Naheem Hines, which is um, which was one of the things that going into the season that was why you know that was why you know Jonathan Taylor wasn't drafted as high you know um, higher much higher. But if he if he had that role also himself, plus um, you know if he had all that role, you know, if he had the role to himself, but we knew that at the beginning of the season he would have been drafted probably in the top five. But you know nobody you know we 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 didn't have that information, but. You know, I, I think he, I think he has a potential to. It's just the fact that you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. We just haven't seen it, right? Since two thousand and I think two, since two thousand and four, since Marshall Falk and Priest Holmes, those are the last two running backs that repeated as the fantasy RB one overall. Those are the last two guys that do it. So every every year since two thousand and two thousand and four, we've we've seen a new RB one every single year. Um, you know, there may, there may have been a year a year here and there where a, a guy was RB one, and they they may have finish in the top five or finish in the top six or something like that, but we just haven't seen a, a repeat. So I think while he has the potential to do so, I think it's unlikely for him to do that because some the, some of the guys that are going after him, like Christian McCaffrey, who's just a walking cheat code every time he's on the field. If you go, if you think back to 2019 when he had that, when he basically broke fantasy football, he was averaging around 26 fantasy points per game. But Jonathan Taylor, you know, and Jonathan Taylor is, is stellar for years he had. He was only around 22 fantasy points per game. So it was like one of the lower um, RB1 overall points per game averages um, that we've seen in recent memory, even though he was so dominant <laughs> basically uh, in, in every rushing metric or every important rushing metric there was. You know, 26 carries inside the five, next closest player was 16. And we did talk about the yards created and things like that. So um, despite all that, yeah, he was still at 22 fantasy points per game. So um, that, you know, and, and then you and then you have other guys that they'll they'll potentially catch more passes and be utilizing the passing game a little bit more. But who knows? Maybe Jonathan Taylor may may even take more of the routes and more of the of the targets away from Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines this year um, with Matt Ryan in the helm. So 
Um, but as of right now, I don't think it's I think it's unlikely. I think it's unlikely, but he, he'll still probably finish definitely in the top five. I mean, we'll have to see something just, you know, just you know go terribly wrong for him to finish outside of the top five or the top seven or top eight. Um, but yeah, I, I think RB1 overall is, is unlikely for him. But he, but he's he's got the youth, he's got the legs, he got the offensive line to do it. So, so we'll see. Um, and then the next question we have is, you know, the, we have another new guy in, in the Colts offense, Matt Ryan, who we just t- talked about. Can he uh, elevate the elevate the offense? Uh, yes, I think he can elevate the offense. You know, you got a quarterback that has a he's older, yes, but he's a better thrower. He has more better accuracy. I mean. Uh, Accuracy rate, Matt Ryan was eighth last year. Carson Wentz was 29th. Catchable pass rate, Matt Ryan was was uh, 14th. Wentz was 32nd. Clean pocket, Matt Ryan was ninth. And Wentz was 30th. I mean, and this is Matt Ryan with having a lesser offensive line than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz had like a top 10 offensive line. And, you know, he you just see him squander it. Um, and then from an a- accuracy standpoint, um, you know, there's at least three to five percentage points higher from Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz in almost area, almost every area of the field from, you know, zero to nine yard routes, 10 to 19 yard routes, play action passes, clean pocket passes, pressured passes, just anything you can name. Matt Ryan was just hiring him higher than him. So just, you know, a few percentages higher can take your 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 team from, you know, not really scoring any points versus the Jags to, you know, playing in a playoff game. So I think, yes, they can elevate. This offense can elevate. I mean, you even have Reich coming out and saying he wants to throw the ball more. Why would he come out and say that now? He had a younger quarterback last year. It didn't say that. So, and then you can see from who they drafted this year, uh, pass catchers, Alec Pearson, Jelani Woods. So I I think they want to throw a little bit more. So, yeah. And I I don't, and I don't think Matt Ryan will, end the season with a 4.3 QBR like Carson Wentz did <laughs> against the worst team against the worst team in the division. So, um, but you know, so you, you know, you, you hit, you hit all the, you hit all the high points. He's just more accurate than, than, the, than Carson Wentz almost every area of the field. And that's going to be the biggest difference. Um, if you go back to 2021 uh, for a guy like Michael Pittman, who's, who set to take off in year three, you know, 24% of his cat, you know, his passes were un, were were, uh, were were not catchable, and that was the now that was Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. And then if you go and if you if you go from that to you know to Matt Ryan, who's eighth in accuracy rating, um, that's going to be a, a huge a huge boon for from for Michael Pittman and his prospects for you know for breaking out uh, even more than he broke out in year two, in year three. So um, yeah, definitely, I think Matt Ryan can can elevate the offense, and he'll he won't be he he won't have nearly as many turnover worthy plays. He'll take care of the ball and protect the ball better. And he won't be as reckless with it like Carson Wentz was. So yeah, this is definitely a uh, this is definitely something Matt Ryan could do. Um, he'll 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 elevate the offense. And it's kind of continuing on. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is currently going on go, going as the QB twenty being drafted as the QB twenty one. So that's basically the middle of the fourteenth round. I don't think this is the guy that you want to really prioritize in fantasy because he's he's probably more of a a better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback. He may have, he may put together a couple of good weeks here and there to, you know, to, to keep you afloat, especially if you're in a pinch, 
uh, or especially especially if you have like a you know a bye week and you can take advantage of a, like a good matchup or if they're trailing and you know the you know the running game's not working and then you know he'll be he'll be forced to pass the ball a little bit more. But outside of that, I mean, I don't really see he could be you know he could be a good backup, right? He could be a good backup, good QB two. Um, but you know, there's the team should see more pass volume. But again, it's not enough to prioritize in drafts. Now, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think the same thing. Like, he's not draftable, really. Uh, if you need a bye week fill-in, then he, he's a possibility. But, you know, like you said, he's more of a, a better real life than than a fantasy quarterback at this point in his career. Yeah. Yeah, and then just going to the running back room, we did touch on Jonathan Taylor already. RB1, basically the consensus number one overall pick um, in every in every draft. Um, but we want to talk about the next running back that's behind him, Naheem Hines, currently going off the board as the RB45. So that's basically the middle of the 12th round. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's he was 15th in target share last year with only playing 31% of the snaps. You know, John, Jonathan Taylor dominated so much of that Colts backfield. But when Naheem Hines got in the game, I mean, he was still getting some targets um, at, you know, from the running back position, 12th in total running back targets. You know, he was a 11th in yards per route run. And, you know, a couple of a couple of instances where he ran at least 20 routes was week one and week three. But after that, he didn't see that again <laughs> for, the rest, for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, and then just, you know, just what, you know, the last time we'll mention this, this game, you know, the, the last game of the season where the Colts lost to the Jags by 15 points. That that would usually be a game where Naheem Hines would be on the field more because it's a negative game script and it's when they're trailing. But. They were trailing most of the time, and he wasn't playing. He only played nine nine snaps, and that could be another another issue, especially if you if you're forced to rely on Naheem Hines as your RB two, or maybe you're an RB three. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of volatility there for him uh, from him. So you'll just kind of have to be careful uh, prioritizing a guy like that, especially if you if you screwed up in your draft early on and not taking enough running backs and. You were forced to kind of take one of these guys in, in this range, like a Naheem Hines, whose whose role is not is not is is going to change week to week depending on the game flow or depending on the game script and depending on what Jonathan Taylor does not touch. So you just kind of have to be careful uh, with that. Yep, yep, I agree with that one hundred percent. I don't think, I mean, mid twelfth is cool. I don't know he's a backup running back. Pretty much a, th- a third down pass catcher type back. So uh, just, you know, hopefully you got others because I wouldn't, I mean, you're behind Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't expect too many touches in that in the, when he's backing them up. So, yeah. Yeah. And then just going into the wide receiver room, going to start and probably end with Michael Pittman <laughs> currently going <laughs> off the board at the wide receiver 18. So, um, well, not currently now. I mean, I think now he's going in, he's going in the middle of the third round. Which is appropriate for him because he said he is set to just go off this year. I think that I think he's the wide receiver fourteen now, around guys like T. Higgins, uh, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. There, I mean, I, if if you look across all the depth charts in the NFL, uh, all, all the wide receiver depth charts, I think he has the clearest path to targets. Um, to you know, to to see all the targets in in the offense, like I think he has the clearest path. I, I don't think there's any question. Um, he, I don't think he's going to get challenged. Um, by anyone, you know, you have other guys like you know Stephon Diggs in Buffalo is going to get challenged by Gabriel Davis, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in Miami. 
Um, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be eating, you know, eating off of each other. You know, the Raiders try to passing pass catching core. I mean, just just off the top of my head, I mean, I'm just thinking of all these all these other teams. They he he has the he has that role like all to himself. Like that wide receiver one chair is all his. Um, he had a year two breakout, 14 fantasy points per game. That was top, you know, 22nd in the league. You know, he you know had, he was total you know was 14th in total targets and target share. And he was one uh, one of uh, eleven receivers with a twenty five percent target share and a thirty percent air yard share. So he was being used as an alpha last year. So just imagine now, you know, T. Y. Hilton's out of the way. You know, something called Zach Pascal is out of the way. Um, <laughs> Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. So I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, guys that are unproven behind him. He's just gonna he's gonna he's gonna dominate again. Dominate the air yards. Dominate the target share. Um, in route in terms of route wins, and this is a, a you know a metric according to PlayerProfiler.com, he was third. His win rate was fourth at fifty one percent. His win his win rate versus man coverage um, was eight was eighth in the NFL. So he he is he is awesome, and he's he is just set to take off, man. Yeah, I agree with in terms of he has one of the one of the situations where there's really the second wide receiver is not really gonna really compete with him. You got another one like Terry McLaurin. Uh, you're gonna have somebody like CD Lamb for early parts of the season where it is not really a, a number two that should just really cut into somebody's target. So Michael Pittman definitely has the ability. He has the opportunity to be a wide receiver one this year. So uh, for people listening, I would definitely target target him for sure. Um, we saw what he did last year with Carson Wentz or Wentz or whatever you want to call him. But yeah. I, I, I like I like Michael Pittman's chances a lot this year to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, and then just rounding out the you know the pass catchers, Paris Campbell's going for free until we see him be, actually be healthy <laughs> for for a season. <laughs> I mean, he is he's he's talented as they come. You know, he's a four three guy. He's a he's a blazer, right? He's a burner, but he just can't stay on the field, and we we can't trust that until we see it, right? We can't trust it until we see it. Um, Alec Pierce calling, currently going off the board as the wide receiver seventy, end of the six, basically at the end of your drafts, second round pick. He was used. He was used as a, as a as a deep threat at Cincinnati, so um, maybe that maybe he could be a, a decent field stretcher. And Matt Ryan hasn't hasn't really um, declined in terms of you know being accurate in on the deep ball. Uh, deep ball completion percentage was third in the league, um, so he could. I mean, he could still throw deep and throw deep accurately. So if that's if that's how Alec Pierce is going to be used, and he he may be beneficial, you know, towards the latter half of the season. Um, in a pinch, especially in best ball, um, but he'll probably be, you know, again, he he'll probably go drafted. He'll probably be a waiver wire guy, and then Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods. We're not sure how that how that distribution is going to go, how that snap share is going to go, but they are two at, you know, physically imposing tight ends, and they both can run. And so <laughs> we're it, it's just we're just we're just curious to see like how that how that shakes out. But those those could potentially be some decent weapons for Matt Ryan. But outside of that, that's the Indianapolis Colts. And on to the last team of this division, the division winners this past season, the Tennessee Titans. PFF has them ranked number 13th offense, which was a little surprising to me because I didn't think their offense wasn't really good at all. (laughs) Uh, Some of the moves that they made in the offseason, they traded for Robert Woods. They added Austin Hooper. Um. They traded away A.J. Brown to the Eagles for uh, their 18th overall pick because they didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. Uh, 
And then they, with that pick, they went, they turned around and drafted Traylon Burks from uh, Arkansas. So my first question, who's, who can replace AJ Brown's production in this op, in this offense, specifically in the wide receiver uh, room, uh, Robert Woods or Traylon Burks? Uh, I think early in the season, I think early in the season will be Woods because he's the veteran guy. They traded for him. Um, I know he's coming off of an ACL injury, and he was the wide receiver 12 before he tore his ACL. Now, granted, that's a, that was a different offense, and you know they were definitely more pass-happy than the Titans will be. So I think early on, I mean, it'll be, it'll be Woods, and then Burks may potentially just take that role down the stretch in the latter half of the season, like we always see these rookies just go, just go ham in the second half of the season every year. So I think that's kind of what we'll see from, from Traylon Burks. We saw AJ Brown go ham at the end of his rookie year um, in a, in a big way. So um, I, I think that'll, I think that'll kind of be how this, how this, uh, how this wide receiver, how this wide receiver room goes between Woods and Burks. I know, book, I know Woods will be, will be definitely used closer to the line of scrimmage. Or in the, in, the, in the intermediate game, with the act opportunities, you know, play action. Same thing with same thing with Traylon Burks using his using his yak uh, yak abilities. He may he may get some fade routes. He may get some contested catch situations, and he excelled in those in college. But uh, uh but yeah, I, I think it'll just kind of be them in tandem with Woods taking the lead early on, and then Traylon Burks maybe pulling away towards the end of the season. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I, I know the t- Titans might be a little concerned just with, you know, right now, Traylon Burks is, you know, struggling to be on the field for training uh, for, you know, with mini camps because of, you know, he's not in shape or his asthma or whatever the case may be. So it's a little worrisome right now <laughs> for for this wide receiver core with their their potential top, top two targets. You know, one still recovering from ACL and the other one can't get on the field because he's not in proper shape. So I'll take that uh, asthma tax for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that asthma tax. <laughs> All right. Now touching on some of the key players. The first one is Ryan Tannehill, another quarterback in this in this uh division where you, you're not drafting them. You can pick them up for free on a bye week. Uh Ryan Tannehill is going quarterback 22. So like I said, he's he's free. If you feel inclined to use them whenever there's a bye week and it's a good matchup, then go ahead and do that. But, uh, you know, overall, I wouldn't be drafting him. Uh, last year, he was second. He had the second most interceptions for his career, passed for less yards and touchdowns in 2020. 2020 was a great year for him. This past year was very horrible, as we saw um, specifically in the playoffs versus the, the Cincinnati Bengals, how he just peed all over himself because the moment was too big for him. So. Um, I, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add for Tannehill. So, oh, yeah, you got that, was, that was a bad. That was a bad playoff game for Tannehill. <laughs> really bad one. But yeah, I mean, he, I mean, the only the only positive we can take from him is that he has that he has seven rush touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. Hell, that's even more than Lamar Jackson since 2019. We, we I mean, he has more rushing touchdowns than, than Lamar Jackson since 2019, which is Lamar Jackson's MVP year. So that's you know that's that's something. But yeah, he'll be 22. We we don't we don't really want Ryan Tannehill in drafts. We don't want no. Them. We wanted him last year. We wanted him last year at the beginning of last year because he was throwing to AJ Brown and Julio Jones, but that turned out to be a mistake because yep. they just don't throw the ball enough. They just don't throw yep. the ball enough, and that pass volume is is very low. They play slow and they don't throw the ball enough. So, um, and he he got by he got by the last couple of years with efficiency, 
and he yep. wasn't very efficient last year, and and it shows. It showed almost yep. every single week, and kept turning the ball over more and more. So I don't want anything to do with Ryan Tannehill this year, and we'll just wait and see if he if he has like a you know a, a resurgence of sorts. But I don't I don't really foresee that happening. <laughs> yep, running back room. You know, you got your our boy King Henry RB four going off for it overall. I mean, there's really nothing to be said. I wouldn't even argue with you if you if you if you took him third, if you took him second. I wouldn't argue with you. Uh, we saw him last year before he got hurt, weeks one through eight. He was RB one. He was first in rush yards, first in carries, first in yards after contact, first in ten plus yard runs. I think he was first in rushing touchdowns at that point too. He was first in fantasy points per game at twenty four point two, second in opportunity share, third in snap snap share, second in juke rate. I mean, <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. Like, go and get him if he's if you got a top four pick, get him. There's really nothing else to say here. I mean, he's a monster. He's yeah. at that, and, and on top of that, he's at that age where people usually tend to tend away from from running backs because he's he's 28. But I mean, this this guy doesn't slow down. He's six four. Nobody wants to tackle him. So. Six four two fifty and runs four 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 forty man like that that's just scary that's just absolutely scary but yeah just just to kind of to kind of put in perspective like how ridiculous his season was prior to him getting hurt he was the RB one and at the you know I think by week nine by a landslide and then obviously Jonathan Taylor ended up being the RB one for overall for the season but it took him about three or four weeks maybe even a month after Henry got hurt. For <laughs> for Jonathan Taylor yeah. to, to to surpass him, like Derrick yeah. Henry was still like the RB one overall for for many yeah. weeks after he got hurt, <laughs> like that was that's insane. And in his pace, the way he was pacing, he was pacing for four hundred and sixty five carries and just shy of two thousand yards and <laughs> almost twenty touchdowns. Like, come on, bro! Like, come on, come yeah, on! Man. And and on top of that, though, they were actually throwing him the ball more because at the at yeah. that halfway point, he I mean, through eight games. He had 18 catches, and that was basically right on right in line to what he did for full seasons. So yeah. if you if you kind of extrapolate that, he would have had around 40 catches, uh, just that like Jonathan Taylor did. Yeah, and that would have blew away his career high. His career high was 19. Career, yeah, career so. high was 19. He had already had 18 through eight games. So yeah, he would have he would have had he would he probably would have broke fantasy football in another way <laughs> that Christian McCaffrey did in 2019. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Um, then you also got his backup rookie rookie running back Hassan Haskins. Uh, I wouldn't worry about him. Uh, moving on to the to, to the wide receiver room, you got uh, again. We talked about these two wide receivers. The only two you should be ro- worried about. The only two pass catchers you should be worried about is Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. In my opinion, uh, you got Traylon Burks going to wide receiver thirty nine. You got Robert Woods going to wide receiver forty two. So they're basically going the same range. Traylon into the eighth. And Robert was at the beginning of the ninth. So really, like I said before, uh, like I said before, that we we project that Robert Woods would be the guy, the go-to guy at first because he's the veteran. He understands how to maneuver in the NFL. And then as the season progressed, we usually see rookie wide receivers get more acclimated in the NFL speed and, you know, studying and all this other stuff. And hopefully we'll, we think we're going to see Traylon, you know, take that step and being that alpha wide receiver and he him being the go-to guy uh, instead of Robert Woods but uh, you know before Robert Woods got hurt he was wide receiver 12 like can you imagine 
that that Rams offense having both him and Cooper Cup for the full season, and and Cooper Cup was already wide receiver one at that point when Robert Woods was twelve before he got hurt. So you got Stafford supporting two wide receiver ones on the same on the same offense. Like you you don't see that. That's not a regular thing. So that just lets you know how you know how amazing that Rams offense was running. Yeah. Uh, and again, he tore that ACL week nine, and he was wide receiver 12. Uh, at that point, he was fourth in target separation with a little over two yards, you know, per separation when he caught the ball. And then he was 16th in red zone targets with 16 through nine games. So that just lets you know what he was what he was on the cusp of doing for, for that season. Yeah. And then you got Traylon Burks. Again, we expect they they saw him as the direct replacement for AJ Brown. Hopefully he gets his conditioning or whatever he got going on right for him to be on the field and do something because the Titans don't have really much of anything else outside of these two guys. So do you have anything else to add? Yeah, for these two? yeah, that's that's it. it. It starts and ends with Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. It's wide receiver room. I can't even nobody nobody can really name another wide receiver that they have. <laughs> yeah, and if you can, you're not drafting them. You're like, not. You're definitely not, you're not drafting them. So, you're not drafting yeah. what Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver from UCLA. You're not drafting him. Not drafting. You're not him. drafting what, Westbrook Akina. Yeah, that's Westbrook. 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 Yeah, yeah. Nick Westbrook Akina. <laughs> you know, you're not. You're not. We're not, not drafting him. these guys. So, yeah. and you're not drafting Austin Hooper either. So these are the only two pass weapons we're looking at. So yeah. hopefully we get clear answers as we get closer to the. To, to draft season um, again this is the the titans you know key players uh you know and we're at the end of the afc i, I know this is probably a quick episode there's not really this division doesn't really yeah. yeah afc south they don't really have too many you know draftable players in my in our opinion so i, I overall stars and scrubs basically you don't you don't you don't draft any of the quarterbacks you want you want ba- almost all the wa- running backs from from each team, and these teams have one wide receiver, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah maybe that you want to draft and and hope and hope prioritize so, prioritize the drafts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's all I have. You know, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, uh, this is this is another good episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know next week. We're we're gonna keep that South theme going. We're gonna talk about the NFC South. You know the the, the Bucks. We're gonna talk about the Saints. We're gonna talk about the Falcons. We're gonna talk about the Panthers, who've been in the news recently. Uh, you know, as it pertains to trying to get another quarterback in the room. Mm. But we'll mm. uh, we won't bury the lead there. We'll we'll save that for next week. Hopefully, some activity picks up uh, by the time we record next week. Uh, talking yeah. about the Panthers. But yeah, yeah, this is another another dope episode. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow the official Twitter handle at OffTheLineFF. Follow Gene at Fantasy Jeans. Follow me at Justin underscore Ico nine. And you know, like, subscribe, rate, and review, and find us wherever podcasts can be found: Google, Spotify, Apple. And yeah, just we we appreciate y'all once again. Yeah, man. Uh, and when you look for us, look for us under the destination Devi Radio. You'll find you know Forty Chess. You'll find elite seekers. You'll find Ray, you know, Ray G and 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 Jay Rich with the stuff they put down on uh, Wake Up. So you know a lot of dope content. Um, and then just FYI, we're gonna be at the Fantasy uh, Expo. You know, I know I know some people come holler at your boys. about it. Yeah, man, Canton, Ohio, August twelfth through fourteenth. All the guys from Destination Debbie were gonna be there, including us. So you know, I'm excited. 
you know, if you're you looking to find more information, you can, you know, go to their Twitter page at, at, at uh, you know, FF Expo on Twitter. You get information and send you to their website where you can potentially buy tickets and everything that they're offering for that weekend. You know, they're going to have, you know, parties, drafts, I think a flag football game that's happening there, too. So, you know, just a lot of mingling and people meeting up and, you know, talking about fantasy football. It's going to be a dope time, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, hopefully y'all have a good week. Y'all be safe. If you if you got drafts happening, hopefully you, you know, take some actionable content that we've given to you and apply it to your drafts to, you know, beat up on your league mates. So y'all be safe. <laughs> yeah. Peace <laughs> out. Be Peace safe. out.